Hey friends, it's your host, Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One With Friends podcast. This week, we have a special episode for you guys. A couple weeks ago, Leanne and I had the opportunity to guest star on Two Stars podcast. You guys may remember Graham and Chris, um, who guest starred on our podcast back in season one. They're hilarious. Their show is hilarious. If you guys haven't um, already checked out Two Stars podcast, we highly recommend that you do. We will put their info in our show notes. You can quickly go on over there if you'd like to. Um, But they graciously offered to allow us to come onto their show and talk all about friends. So we sat down with them for a couple hours one night and we chatted about some of our favorite guest cameos and some of our least favorite guest cameos. So we thought it was great content and we just wanted you guys to be able to hear it as well. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Orlando Bloom, and you're listening to Two Star Podcast. Hey, fans. Uh, this is episode, we've gotten already, 218, Two Star Podcast. I find and it really off-putting when Graham does professional does things. Proper, yeah, I don't like doing it. It's horrible. <laughs> we've had to start doing Patreon reads at the end now, and it's really awkward. So, uh, yeah, episode 218. The grown-ups have left me and Chris unattended, and we've invited that... I'm not going to finish that sentence because that was going to sound a bit pervy. But I was going to say we've invited some girls over, but that, you know, it was, it was going the wrong way. I'm not comfortable saying it. So I've, uh, I've given up on that sentence. I'll just do this. <laughs> hey, sports fans. It's episode 218 of Two Star Podcast. It's me, your boy, Graham. I'm here with Chris. Hello. And we have two very special guests. Uh, firstly, we have Leanne. Hello. And we have Llewellyn. Hey. <laughs> and tell our listeners why you are here. What are you doing? It's um, like work experience that's gone badly for you, isn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately, when we agreed to do a crossover, we also said that we would guest star on your guys' podcast. Yeah. So this is more of a contractual ob- obligation than it is <laughs> any sort of... And I think that's the best kind of obligation. <laughs> Certainly not a moral one, so that's that's fine. Uh, no we're excited to come on and chat about whatever and maybe throw some friends in there <laughs> good yeah. so, so we've uh... to start with um do you want to explain who you are and where you come from uh just in case we have a listener that that doesn't know already yeah so um Llewellyn and myself we co-host the one with friends podcast where we walk through each episode of the show friends and talk about all the plot stories and behind the scenes stuff and fun facts and anything related to the episodes. So it's just a fun way to, you know, be creative and talk about things that we feel are, you know, mindless, but fun and entertaining, hopefully to everyone. So that's what we do. So a couple of months ago, Chris and I uh, invited ourselves on and I think it's fair to say we, we spoiled it. Because <laughs> um, we just kept talking about rhubarb and uh, blueberries, and monkeys on uh, on motorbikes stealing children, and um, not really talk about friends at all. We uh, we we just jumped straight in, disrupted it, and uh, that's very much RMO. But we can't really spoil our podcast because we spoiled it. We spoiled it over the last six years enough that 
we're at a point that you know what, what can we do to make it any worse it was I mean, our fairness, organized that... podcast yeah in fairness that episode of friends did feature heavily rhubarb and monkeys stealing children so it was, it was the one with the monkeys that stole the child yeah, yeah. that's yeah. actually how marcel came into it but that was some deleted scenes but he was actually um used by an indian gang to steal ben and ross intercepted that and adopted marcel instead it was so, a um, loose association a loose is, plot yeah line. yeah so, so uh, Adam has decided to sit this one out because um, he didn't feel he would add anything to it. We've asked Dan not to appear because he doesn't like Friends and would actively try and disrupt it and spoil it. Um, so we thought, well, let's let's just have a, a bit of a two-star podcast Friends special episode because Friends is excellent, regardless of what Dan says. And uh, we like the format of your podcast talking about a different episode every week but we thought maybe it would be fun to talk about it in a bit more sort of broad general terms and just talk about sort of the show as a whole um before we do that a thing i'd like to ask is when you came up with the idea it's quite an undertaking knowing that it's a show that ran for 10 seasons and to say we're going to go through it in order one by one from the start yeah Mm -hmm. did you know that's quite daunting i'd have thought like did you do a podcast before that had you done other things similar no we haven't done anything like that and to to my fault i brought it up to llewellyn probably a month before we actually launched and just said hey it's the 25th anniversary what if we released an episode on the 25th anniversary and like week by week as they released an episode 25 years back, we would release that same episode 25 years later with our own, you know, commentary. And within a month, we bought a recording, you know, podcast, a little blue Yeti and did up one of our closets to, you know, keep it noise canceling and, and started without any sort of prep work pretty much at all. Um, And then after season one, we took a three-month break over the summer, just like the show would have done, you know, back in the day when they take their summer breaks. And we decided that it was, it was, to do that would have left a really big gap. First of all, it it made us feel less connected to like the people who were listening. It got us out of the flow of doing it. And we thought, okay, if we can release something every week or close to every week, we cut that 10 year period into like a five or six year period. And so it's really only going to take us about, I don't know, maybe six years total from start to finish. Um, but it is a big undertaking, but we just thought it's such an entertaining show. And there's, you know, some good underlying themes of relation, you know, relationships and connectivity, but there's also humor involved as well, which is, you know, something the world obviously needs. So we just figured it we something fun, not as, um, our, our our plot is already out there for us. We just commentate on it. So it's not like we are having to create our own content. So it makes it a little bit easier than, um, I mean, props to you guys for just talking about whatever you want to talk about each week and feeling the need to, you know, I don't know, have something new or, but our content's already created for us. We just insert our own opinion. <laughs> I think that would make life quite a lot easier, wouldn't it? It's a lot more admin and an yeah. organization sort of having yeah. to think about stuff because yeah. we uh we we tend to sort of loosely talk about what's been going on 
in the last sort of week before the record. But then over the last few years, that's just, just become horribly depressing because I don't, well, I do know about the US and, and everything's a mess there, but it's even worse in this country. So we don't want to talk about, especially last year. I mean, that's just been a, a bin fire. And uh, so instead, we've ended up just playing some games, which has actually been quite a lot more fun and uh, making up our own games. But I don't know how much uh, longevity that's got. I think if we decided we were going to do that for six years, we might all just say, nah, we'll leave it. <laughs> and and I, think, I think had you set out with the idea of we're going to do this for six years... I don't think you'd have ever started. No. I think when you did no, it with think... Adam, you thought we might do three or four. Yeah, I thought we might um... make it to six months and then just stop. Like <laughs> yeah. everything else I start in life, I just <laughs> lose interest in it and, uh, and give up. But now we have um, now we have people who are giving us money every month, one of whom came from your podcast. She liked what she heard, Beth, uh, Bethany. We've given her a B name. That's what we do with our patrons. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Bethany from California, uh, she's come on board and is is giving us money. And she's a lawyer, so we, we're really having to rethink a lot of the stuff we say. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that Beth, um, or Bethany, she will um, email us like after each show and give us some feedback or draw a parallel between a previous episode, a season prior. And that to me is fun because it's engaging and it feels like it has more return on investment as opposed to mm. like, we just announced to our followers that we were going to slow down on social media, even though we were only posting once a week when there was a new episode. For some reason for me, that just took up a lot of mental space to try and create a graphic and create the content that was going to go in the post. And then have it have so little return on investment. Um, but uh, she'll email us after almost every episode and give us, you know, response and feedback. And I really appreciate that. I think that's the mind of the lawyer coming out there, isn't it? She's probably checking everything you say, going back to the case history, <laughs> seeing if uh, seeing if any of it's actionable in any way. <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah. Although she did yeah. say she agrees with a lot of our own opinions. So I think we're oh, well, you're probably okay then. We're starting really well. <laughs> hmm. You might be able to help us out in in one of our contractual obligations. Um oh. because of the Patreon tier that, that Beth joined us on, we have to phone her up at a time of our choosing and shriek. And we have we've managed to identify a phone number for her. But I think it's maybe just of an office that she doesn't actually go to. But um, and we we have a bit of history of when we get a new listener. I like to I do my due diligence on them and um, do as much research as I can. But maybe you'll be in, you'd be in a better position, sort of being in in country to uh, to find out the the information for us. And and if you can get a home phone number, that would be absolutely perfect. All right, we'll write it on the list. Also. Leanne, you've moved quite a long way south, haven't you? Yeah, to Nashville. Mm-hmm. So we we had a listener from Texas who's disappeared. So can you pop over to Texas one afternoon <laughs> and check in on him? Yeah, he's yeah. he might know him. He's called Brandon. Brandon so, from Texas. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon from Texas. Texas. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Sure. It's such a Just small. Just make sure he's day. okay. I'm sure it'll only yeah. take me, you know, a small amount of time. I think worst case scenario is a long weekend. 
<laughs> mm, yeah. Just to nip over. Perfect. There's how many how many cities are there in Texas? I, I, there's two, isn't there? There's Austin and there's Dallas. So maybe you could do Austin on Saturday, <laughs> Dallas on Sunday. Just go That's, and ask around. Yeah. Knock on knock on doors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll make it a top priority right after Bethany. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks. Okay, well, that's the admin admin done. So uh, yeah. how is Nashville treating you? Because you, you moved there recently, didn't you? Yeah, Nashville is great. Um, it's much warmer than Michigan. Last night, they had threatened that there was going to be snow and that it was going to be like, you know, under 35 degrees. And so everyone was freaking out. Of course, there's nothing outside. It's beautiful and sunny today. But it just brings me back to my days when I lived in Oklahoma for a few years where I mean, if there was even a hint or a murmur of any kind of wintry adversary weather, I mean, the whole town felt like it shut down and schools would be canceled pre-snow even showing up. So it's just funny that what they anticipate being like, oh, it's going to snow is like really cute to me because it's nowhere near the amount that we would have in Michigan. I mean, Llewellyn still lives there, so she she gets it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we we tend to get snow sort of one day a year, and it's usually half an inch, and everything stops because cars can't drive through that amount of snow. It's impossible, right? Um, which I, I guess that's why Canada shuts down for eight months of the year. <laughs> but um, yeah, we we don't deal well with it. Yeah, the thing I've had to do is is work out what thirty five degrees mean in um, Celsius. Celsius. I know. Yeah, that's that's kind of lovely and warm, us. doesn't it? It's kind of lovely and warm. That's like one yeah. and a half degrees Celsius. Okay, so just a a, a nice day in winter in England, then. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I I'm one of those people that don't understand why America is like. Why do you have to be the only country that uses Fahrenheit? <laughs> why can't you just? It would be so much easier for the rest, but I don't know. I think with with uh, Fahrenheit, if it ever got down to zero. That would be really exciting, wouldn't it? Whereas we get down to zero all the time, and it's it's not interesting at all. Yeah, zero would be real cold. Real cold. I, I guess it's like fun. minus two hundred degrees. I guess. I don't know. There's well, no well, way of knowing. Well, um, zero Kelvin is minus one hundred and seventy-three Celsius, so I don't think it would be that low. Well, it's two hundred and seventy-three. Um, 273. So, so yeah. zero Fahrenheit is minus 17.8 Celsius. Sorry, Chris has got a degree in math, so he can't just let things go. Got it. Well, okay. Okay. This yeah. is interesting. What is the calculatory rate? Oh, you have to like times it by something and then add something, don't you? Because it's not a linear right. scale. Well, they, yeah, they are both linear scales. Sorry, yes, but I mean, it's not a like a you don't just minus five, yeah, exactly, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they're both linear scales, it's not but like they're different dist- distances apart, yeah, because yeah. centimeters to inches, you just times a centimeter by two and a half, and boom, you've got an inch, yeah, but there's but some multiplication Fahrenheit, and some adding or subtracting, there's now al- it's an algorithm, or maybe frankly, we're dividing two. I mean, if we, yeah, yeah, that's just a nightmare. And that's why we should just go with it's either it's really cold, cold yeah. it's quite cold, it's okay, it's nice, it's hot, <laughs> and it's too hot. That's all you need to know with the weather, isn't it? You don't actually so need to put a number on it. For people, though, it might be subjective. Yeah, but then they can just change their 
change how they, their mind. How they, yeah, just they should just match in with me. I think that's a sensible, sensible. Llewellyn, you, you don't seem happy with Graham's suggestion. I mean, it's different in Michigan. We can have all of those at the same time. Oh well, you know? yeah. <laughs> So, true. so you you were just left in Michigan while she went gallivanting off to Nashville. <laughs> yep, that's, that's, um, that's true. I mean that's uh, that's not that's not friendship, is it? I mean Chris lives two hundred miles away from me, and it it, it burns me every day <laughs> when I know he could move up to Lincoln now, but he won't. Well, I can't. I can't yeah. really move. Can I? He could. He could live in my room. Lockdown. Well, yeah, you'd have to do it incognito, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> So Llewellyn could move down to Nashville. I could. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Why don't you move down to Nashville, Llewellyn? I just don't want to live there. Yeah, it's warmer. Yeah, it is warmer, but I just yeah, it's thirty-five degrees today. It's thirty-four here, so we're about the same. Oh well, what's the point then? Yeah, stay where you are. (laughs) It wouldn't be any different, would it? It's a bigger city though, and she wants to live in New York at some point. So it'd be a nice step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, wrong direction because it's south, isn't it? Yeah. Wrong direction geographically, but right direction yeah. in moving from a small city to a bigger city and then to an even bigger city. Mm. Right. She is correct. So a, a bigger city actually on the way to New York for efficiency, I guess, would that be Chicago, Chicago. Is probably? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what you need to do because you can't, you can't go backwards. That'd be a big step, though. Oh, would yeah. it? Oh, okay. I feel so like what's between from... The- little old Kalamazoo, Michigan to Chicago, you might as well just move to New York. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Okay. Whereas um, Nashville City yeah. is like kind of in between. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about Philadelphia? Does that meet any of the criteria? I mean, it's on the way to New York from here. Yeah, yes. Exactly. There you go. As is Pittsburgh. And and is it um, is it midway size-wise? You're looking for a Goldilocks city, aren't you? I mean, I'm not really. I think Leanne. Is <laughs> well, we're looking on your behalf. We're we're going yeah. to help. Yeah, but no, in Philadelphia, she doesn't have a built-in roommate waiting. Uh, but there is Philly cheese. Unless steak. you moved, I do have family Philly out there. Cheese so steak. Philly Philly cheesesteak could be enough of a pull to keep her away from Nashville. So I don't know. It, have you found the um, white barbecue sauce in Nashville yet? I have not yet. Um, oh. I'm not the biggest barbecue fan anyways, so I have not intentionally looked for white sauce. But so I just do riding, have riding around one of those beer bikes. I do have a friend coming into town, and I will put white barbecue sauce on our list of things to look for to go out to eat. Excellent. And well, that's will, uh, my knowledge back. of Nashville exhausted. Yeah. Oh, no, there was a big explosion. I saw that on the news. Yeah, Christmas Day. Yeah. What, yeah, right what happened there? Um, I guess a guy just parked a big RV there, and apparently there was a recording that said that there's a bomb that's going to go off in 15 minutes. So the police officers actually had time to evacuate all the buildings around there and get everybody mm. out. I think the only casualty was the guy who drove the RV who was inside the the van when it exploded. Okay. Well, that's good manners, isn't it? It's the weirdest. Like, if you're going to do that, why would you give? I'm so baffled by the thought process behind that. If he wanted yeah. to commit suicide, he could have just done it somewhere else, maybe, and not blown up a bunch of buildings. And why announce yeah. how long they have? I don't know. It's it's interesting. 
our domestic terrorists in the UK back in the 70s, the IRA, they always used to phone in the bomb threat so everyone could be evacuated first. And I think that's just good etiquette. And the 80s and the 90s. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, they, but they went off the boil a bit, didn't they? A bit. They didn't always they, give good warnings. No. They're due for a big comeback as well, aren't they? <laughs> I, I'm not. Don't, don't be glib about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So um, we've got some content. That's the thing that we sometimes try and put into the podcast. Really? Because um, you would not have known from our previous episode recording. No. No. Well, that, that was content in a way. <laughs> in a sense, just in a sort of very free form. Anything um, is content loose in a way, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But we've got some actual hashtag content, which mm. is um so Chris, there's one thing you can't say about two star podcasts, isn't there? What's that one thing that you cannot say about us? That's um, right, Chris. We're not on the Zeitgeist. You can't say we're not part of the Zeitgeist. And I can't we figured, wait, wait, what? I can't say we're not yes. on the zeitgeist. Yeah, because we're so firmly on the zeitgeist. Right, okay, I'm with you. And what is the zeitgeist <laughs> now, and also four or five hundred years ago, if not sea shanties? So <laughs> it's blown up. 2021 is the year of the sea shanty. Uh, and Chris and I have today, I did this in a car park. Where, where were you, Chris? Uh, I was sat at my kitchen table. Instead of doing work. Yeah. And then I had to yeah. go and do my work till half seven. So we have Sea Shantyified, the Friends theme tune. <laughs> so hopefully I, I boosted the volume so you should be able to hear this. If not, then I'll have to boost it in post. Um, and that just means you have to download the episode. So that's actually quite good for us as well. There you go. But this, this is what we've done. So no one told you life was gonna be this way Your job's a joke, you're broke, your love life's your way I will be there for you when the rain starts to fall I will be there for you just like I've been there before So, as friends experts, love to have your, your feedback I need that song downloaded in its own bit. That is, that could be our outro, Llewellyn. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> that, could be that could be the outro of our episodes moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we could come to a licensing agreement and royalties. Uh, <laughs> no problem at all. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> yeah. So the, uh, the real content that we have prepared, um, we thought it would be fun to talk about one of our favourite aspects of Friends, which is um, the bit parts and the cameos. So the sort of supporting characters who pop up from time to time and then the the one-offs as well. Um, and so we've we've each made a bit of a list of who is our favourite and worst of those as well. And one of those will prompt a discussion, which is frankly in quite poor taste. I'll just... Uh, just put a trigger warning up ahead of time with that one. I think I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. So, um, do oh, hang on. No, ev- oh, oh, I've got more. I've got more than one idea. What might be important? Oh, right. Okay. Well, there might be many of them. I think that what I'd like to say before we get going is that I went through all of the the cameos and um, kind of the cast outside of the top six, and 
I remembered all over again what a strong show it was because there was a few that I didn't like, but the majority you thought, oh, they were good in it and they were good in it. Um, just a great it's, cast. It's a tough one to whittle down, isn't it? Yeah. So who'd like to go first? <clears throat> I think you guys should go first. Okay, yeah. well, volunteer, Chris. Right. So, well, I've I I tried to split it out into like cameos where people are kind of really briefly in it, and then if you recur for a few episodes, I think well they're not really a, it's not really a cameo anymore. And I think a proper cameo needs to be, you know, the actor's name rather than the character's name. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. So, um, good cameos, honourable mentions, Susan Sarandon. Hugh Laurie, Tom Conti and Jennifer Saunders, and Julie Whitfield. But my top three is Ben Stiller, who was oh, yeah. um, he was going out with Rachel, and he was like he shouted at he shouted the at the, guy. And the chick, the angry guy. Yeah, he was, he was on one of my favorite lists too. He was on my plus. I thought he was hilarious. Yeah, and so extra. Yeah, he's. He does that quite often. He's, he often pops up as cameo and just sort of steals the show and stuff, doesn't he? He's uh, he's good for that. He was in Arrested Development as a sort of supporting character, and he was usually the best thing in in that episode. It's nice when they can hold their own for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I because I, th- I thought it was a good it was a good plot point, um, and it was uh, yeah. I just thought he was great in it. My next one is. Um, not because the actor was that great in it, but because of my affection for the actor. And that's Fisher Stevens, who uh, who played a psychiatrist that went out with Phoebe. Um, that was really early on, wasn't it? That was like really early on. And, that was and, season one. Yeah. Yeah, because he had some really good lines. Yeah, he starts to um, break down all the friends and their characteristics. So they start off by loving this guy because they think he's so like smart and they love him. And then all of a sudden he starts to really call them out on all of their psychological things. And then they just hate, like hate him. It's great. He just just was, uh, Chandler said something and he just starts laughing and classic Chandler. (laughs) (laughs) What what does that mean? (laughs) It does make me think I'd love to sort of ingratiate myself with a, a group of established friends and just do stuff like that. It's I, like, oh, that, that's classic Dan. Stuff like that. That'd be really fun, wouldn't it? I thought you were I thought you were going to say you'd like to become friends with um, a psychiatrist. <laughs> no, that's the last thing I need. That sounds like a, that's a recipe for disaster. It's very dangerous. I used to, yeah. um, I, I, I had a period of time working in a community mental health team. And my wife used to have to give me pep talks to say, don't say the things you say here when you're at work. <laughs> <laughs> they might not let you come home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. So who's top on your list? Well, top of my list, it was really tough. I went for Julia Roberts because I thought that little plot was great. So she played yeah. the, yeah, because it ended up with Chandler being naked in the toilet it was empowering for her Mm. yeah it was a get back at um when he lifted up 
like her skirt and showed her underwear to the entirety of their class. And so she was getting yeah. back at him. But I thought she did so good. And we just talked about that episode, didn't we, Llewellyn? Yeah, like not that long ago. Yeah, it was only, I think, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, no, I think it's a strong one. I, I saw that you're up to um, you're up to the Barker Lounge's one. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. we just released that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty strong points. It's when Ross and Rachel are getting together, and then the Monica and Doctor Burke have their it's newfound loads. relationship. It's loads going on all at, all at once. Yeah, yeah, they have really strong plot points for all of them, and then. Um, Phoebe kind of gets thrown to the wayside, which has happened in the last couple episodes. I feel like because there's, I mean, they're only two minutes long. So with six characters that are the main focal point, usually one of them has to go for time when it comes to, you know, different plot points and storylines. So Phoebe kind of gets thrown to the wayside, which is a bummer because she's not as strong of a character in these last couple episodes while they've been focusing more on, you know, Ross and Rachel and the, you know, and the guys and their little side story too. So Mm. it's quite funny when they're looking at that telly and going wow that's such a big telly and you kind of think that's a small telly <laughs> what is that like 24 inches <laughs> yeah that's a small telly but it appears as if from nowhere and that's the dream <laughs> right, right. It's true. it appeared from nowhere from being inside a really big cabinet and you opened the door yeah yeah you wouldn't have known what was in there see the standards of appearing from nowhere now is you press a button and something something majestically glides upwards or downwards, yeah. isn't it? But nobody has that. I mean, we're we're twenty five years in the future from then, and I still don't have a TV that appears as if from nowhere. Mm. I thought that was something we would have uh, would have become normal by now. You can get them in the ends of beds. Yeah, which I think is They're risky very if you if you fell asleep with it still up and then. I had a, a night terror and kicked it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you woke up and there was something horrifying on like a, a late night movie that was scary. Yeah. There's also Maybe. different mounts that I've seen where where you can flip it and one side is like a, a portrait, like a framed portrait, and then you pull it out and flip it over and push it back to the wall and it's a TV in like a living I've room. I've seen those, yeah. I've seen those that um, you can have it sort of mounted above behind your head on the bed and it flips out and then sort of hangs down in front of your face not yeah. in front of your face but, but quite so you that could... close that'd be stupid yeah, so you like... can have the tv because where we used to live we had a tv in the bedroom um just because sometimes it's nice to go to bed and watch a film or something there isn't really anywhere suitable for that to go in the new house I mean, so we're, we're sort of looking at options and that was one of them but they're really expensive yeah and they're I, well, you uh, sort of want it to be expensive because you don't want it to fall on you while you're... Sleeping. Well, yeah, that's part of the problem. Also, I wouldn't trust myself to hang it on the wall. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, I what, would live what, in constant um, fear. What we are doing at the moment, if we want to watch something in bed, is one of us has to hold our phones up. <laughs> oh, that is... That's, that's inadequate, that is completely isn't it? unacceptable. Yeah. I at least have a, a tablet that can sort of prop up on the bed. <laughs> I mean, I could just leave. I could leave the phone kind of wedged somewhere, but then you'd 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 lose some of the edge, wouldn't you? Yeah, and Maybe we I could, uh, we could get some of... fishing line and and make like a, an invisible <laughs> spider's web for it. 
<laughs> you'd have to have like supporting beams so they didn't just slowly spin. Right. That wouldn't be yeah. helpful. Yeah. 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 Although it would mean that if you had other people living in your house and they were sharing a bed like uh, Charlie Bucket's grandparents, <laughs> and they were, you know, then they could you could just sort of have it slowly spinning so everybody in the bed could see. <laughs> be fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, Equitable. I have thought of a million dollar idea based on these discussions. <laughs> oh, good. I like these. So the idea of having a telly that appears as if out of nowhere. Um, tellies are now thin enough that you could put it in a picture frame, but that's not good enough because it looks like a telly. But what you need is a telly that goes behind a clever mirror so that when the telly is off, it just looks like a mirror. And then, bada bing, bada boom, as if by magic, the mirror turns into a television. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a thing that exists. Probably well, good. It should exist because <laughs> it's a good idea. Good. Well, um, so you're not too fussed whether it's you or or not Tandy because they don't exist anymore, but you or like Sony who have that million Amstrad. dollars. <laughs> Amstrad, yeah. yeah. Okay. But speaking of brilliant ideas, remember when we um, were last on together and you guys talked about uh, Netflix roulette for like certain oh, yeah. episodes, like in a series? Yeah. They're they've only released a sort of version of that where you can have them pick a show or a movie for you, but they don't yeah, quite have it yet inside just one television show. So they're, yeah, they're halfway there. They've misunderstood. Frankly. Yeah. They, yeah. That, that's not helping anyone. Is it? Apparently they didn't get my very clear post yeah. on our show descriptions about that. So, yeah, I did see the a news thing where they were trialing a shuffle feature, but I didn't know if that was for episodes or if it was for shows, but maybe that's, maybe that's it. But that never seemed to actually make it out to anyone. Well, because I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking when I go on Netflix, I have like maybe an idea. And even if I don't, I feel like I'm not going to pick the shuffle feature. Yeah, I wouldn't. You, you need you need it sort of within parameters, don't you? Maybe if it was shuffle and pick something at random from your list, that would be okay. Because I, mm -hmm. I, I spent a long time building a list so that I wouldn't just sit there scrolling for two hours instead of watching a film. Right. I just need to sit and scroll my list and think, why on earth did I add that? Because I can't remember anything that I've added. Mm. And then I just watch The Office. So you you basically want a technology that already exists within Spotify and like, yeah. Amazon Music, where you mm. you have a playlist and you just say, play at random. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that must exist as a, I mean, surely... What I'd really like, I think, is if Netflix wasn't just on TV, if it was DVDs and they could just post them to you. <laughs> I don't know why no one's thought of that yet. That would be... A... Can you imagine explaining to a child that Netflix used to post films to people? I mean, that's insane. There's lots of things... And you could point that... them to that episode of The Office where Kelly is explaining it. Oh, yes. Yeah, I remember in, that, yeah. In her little... Yeah. In the, yeah. And and before that, with with video shops, where you used to go to a place and choose a physical I think that's, thing. I think that's more relatable than them just sending it to you in the post. It probably is. Hmm. Do you know there's still a Blockbuster in the UK? Really? Yeah, there's wow. one, one branch of Blockbuster still surviving. I thought it they were mostly, 
it mostly survives on people buying like souvenirs and merchandise. I've been to the last blockbusters. Yeah. Have you been there? No. Where is it? Oh, sorry, Chris. Oh, I thought you said no, you no. had been there. I've not been there. Right, I no. see. Oh, I'm with you. Right, I understand. But, but I've, yeah. I've read I've read a Guardian article about it, as you do. Very cultured. Yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> so, um, who'd like to go next with their best cameos or supporting? Because there's people that I think are probably better than my top three that have missed out, <laughs> and I'm I hope they yeah. <clears throat> somewhere else. Um. I don't know if I've necessarily listed them in a specific order, but there are some that I definitely like more than others and others that I don't really like at all. Um, in the essence of like the one, like the one-off, like an actual cameo without using anyone who had like multiple, you know, episodes. Um, I think one of my top people will always be Brad Pitt. And yeah. I think it's just because it's classic in the sense that, him and Jennifer Aniston were married at the time. And the fact that the entire plot point is how much he hates Rachel. I think you walk into the episode assuming that because he's attractive and she's attractive and they knew each other that like, oh, they're going to form a romance. And then it's like the I hate Rachel Green Club. And he's still mm -hmm. just as passionate now as he as he was like, you know, 20 years ago when they were, you know, in grade school together or whatever. Um, but then they got divorced. So... I did. What, what, maybe that, what maybe did because that of the episode. The curse of friends, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, because it's maybe that he same could, uh, David Arquette. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe she could never get out of her head the thought of him hating her, and uh, it, that's what killed the relationship. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Angelina Jolie at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like how much he committed to it. I like... I like Brad Pitt a lot. I think he's good in everything, but he really went for it. And that, the the cameos where he, they just sort of phone it in and they're just playing themselves. That's that's no good. Yeah. But um, yeah, he he really committed. That's I like that. I think that I, when people are playing themselves as a like a fictional version of themselves, I think that's different from what you said. I think if they're just walking around and just saying stuff without doing much acting. But playing a character, which yeah. I think is what you meant when you said when they're just themselves. But like, so yeah. when John when John Claude Van Damme is playing John Claude Van Damme, mm -hmm. a fictional version of himself, I think that's quite a good cameo. Oh, I was going to say I thought that was a bad one because he's still John Claude Van Damme, isn't he? he still can't act. It's... But 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 he, as as a, as a portrayal of John Claude Van Damme, it's very accurate. Okay, right, I see, yeah. It wasn't so much parody as just him actually being quite sleazy. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe that was all filmed undercover. <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe he never knew that he was going to be in it. I think a, a, a classic version of that, Chris, um, the cameo that I'll mention next, again, this is in like no random, random order for me, but um, I think the Robin Williams and Billy Crystal, when they show up, Right. That's... Robin Williams is so classic Robin Williams character. So yeah. that is that the, them two together is the top of my bad cameos list <laughs> because <laughs> I just felt it was so over the top that it didn't really 
it didn't really help any of the 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 plot of the show. Mm-hmm. I think they just said, "Oh, we'll be on it," and they just said, "Oh, just just well, make something up." Couldn't they? They actually they actually weren't even supposed to be on the episode. They were filming nearby, and it, the whole scene was ad libbed, so it was never yeah. actually written. Yeah, and so as a thing of of those two doing something, it's fine. But you put it into Friends, and you just think, "Well, this is just this is just silly." But that must have it's- been season one or two, wasn't it? When was that? that was, it was early on, wasn't it? Season I don't three. Think I don't think... Yeah, we haven't hit it yet. Oh, you're not, right. Oh, maybe it's season two. Right. Um, yeah, I just think it's so, like, for them showing up on set without having anything, it's classic Robin Williams. I mean, that is his style of comedy, especially back in the, you know, mid-90s. Um. I think I like it more for the sense that now that obviously Robin Williams is gone, it's very nostalgic to know that mm. like he was on the show and this and just the idea that he wasn't even supposed to be there. It's just inter- it's just interesting. I just I like it for that sentiment. Do you know what would have been better is if they'd have filmed it all but had not shown it um, on the episode. They'd have just said this this Ooh. doesn't suit us, but then it existed as an outtake. <laughs> I thought you meant just like giving it to him to say, there you go, you've been friends. That would have been a huge like thing if they would have released it after he had passed in like honorarium of him. That would have been a great idea. He was on this and like he he wouldn't follow a script, so we cut it out. (laughs) (laughs) So I I can see both sides. I, I think Robin Williams was good in that, but I think Billy Crystal was awful he just didn't do anything he was just there to enable Robbie Williams which I think is probably that was what he did anyway in real life so maybe it's quite quite true to did they do a lot of stuff together I can't remember them (laughs) in films together no but they did like uh, because Billy Crystal always used to host the um did he host the Oscars or he hosted stuff like that and he did stuff like that with Robin Williams didn't he in comedy stuff but not in films because Robin Williams got into films because he was good but Billy Crystal well, didn't so. Wait a minute, Billy Crystal was in City Slickers. <laughs> exactly, and, and City Slickers too. <laughs> yep. The Legend Carry of on. Curly's Gold. <laughs> yeah. Tell me another film with Billy Crystal's. <laughs> um, I'm going to struggle beyond those two. Yeah, exactly. And that's just because he was. Uh, I I assume he's just Robin Williams' friend, and Robin Williams just. I'm going to. I think he's alienate big and our American friends here, but I'm going to say oh, no. to Chris that it's a bit like Robbie Williams and Jonathan Wilkes. Oh no, is Chris gone? Oh, oh this is awful. <laughs> oh no, so this is the problem. He's just not professional. He's uh, <laughs> he can't he, he he can't get adequate equipment or uh, or internet connection. <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's, uh, this is something we have to put up with all the time. It's it's, it's embarrassing, frankly. Is he con- is he constantly in and out? Oh yeah, it, yeah, it's awful. Well, we'll we'll give him a few minutes. He might um might be able to. Problem is, as as we said before, he lives in Dorset, which is very much the Alabama of of England, and I think they just have one internet connection for the entire village, <laughs> and uh, it's it's his evening to use it. But he might have outstayed his time, I guess. So this is the music we normally play at, at this point. Just a nice uh, kind of chilled intermission. And it's 
worrying how often we have to use it. I feel like we're uh, like going through like a baseball game, like the little transition. What a bit like. Um... Okay, so we were just on uh, okay. Robin Williams and Billy Crystal, weren't we? And, yeah. Um... I'll give I'll give one more like strong positive for like a single episode. I maybe it's because I don't have as much history and I don't watch as many movies with this, um, with this actor, but I really enjoyed him in his cameo. It was Sean Penn. Who was Sean Penn? Sean Penn was dating Phoebe's twin, but then Ursula doesn't show up at the party and Phoebe ends up really liking him. Ironically, I really think that Phoebe and him, besides Hank Azaria, I thought Sean Penn was a really great character for Phoebe in that Mm. one little little appearance that he made i thought they connected a lot which i like paul rudd as as like you know the final but if it couldn't be hank azaria i thought sean penn would have been great yeah they were good fit weren't they Mm -hmm. i thought so i think phoebe had quite a lot of good boyfriends probably more so than all the rest of them (laughs) especially monica yeah yeah because there was well, the there was Gary the cop and mm-hmm. I can't think of the actor. Oh but... I, yeah, but I know who you mean. But he is yeah. um, he has dedicated the last four years of his life to just swearing at Donald Trump on Twitter. Have you ever seen yeah. any of his videos? I have. Yeah, it's really great. Like he'll he'll record himself like going walking down Pennsylvania Avenue, just shouting about what an awful <laughs> President Trump is, and he's. Uh, and I, I didn't like him before because he used to be in a um, program called, was it, uh, it wasn't Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Daughter, but it was something like that. I can't remember what it was. And uh, one of the episodes, the whole sort of central joke of this program was that he found out his wife used to date a black guy. And this was like in the 2000s as well. So this isn't even like from 20 years ago when you can think, well, they didn't know then. Well, it kind of is from 20 years ago because that was the start of the 2000s. Oh, shit. Is it Michael oh, Rappaport? That's him, yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that sort of soured me on him because of that show that he was in before that. Um, but it turns out he's actually really, really great. But I don't think he was a good boyfriend for Phoebe. It was a good I character. I think he was average. I think he was fine. He was a good character, yeah. There was the ride along episode mm-hmm. where Joey um Joey saved his meatball sub. Yeah. <laughs> was it a meatball hmm. sub? Something like that, yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Trying to see what show yeah. it could have so, been, but I'm not really finding it, but anyways. Yeah, I can't find it. Anyway, it was yeah, it was a, a program that you I watched it and thought, this doesn't make any sense why this is uh a thing that's acceptable and it was just his insecurity but it was sort of wasn't just brushed past as that well that's a funny thing let's leave it there it was it was very much the center of the episode and uh yeah that always put me off him mm. anyway uh it turns out he's fine so that's good <laughs> um but well speaking of phoebe's boyfriends i'll come on to my best list and Perfect. i think the best supporting character was david the scientist I think he yeah. was Phoebe's real true love. And yep. me and my wife 
we we're watching through again and we're up to season nine and we just watched the one today where mike came to barbados to win her back and we had to have a discussion about how awful that was because she thinks no mike is is the true love and i think it's david mm-hmm. and i will not be swayed on that but she said that david left her twice and i think that's the sticking point is that he left her once but then he did it again and i think that's that's the bit that was too far but in his defense he was trying to achieve the uh, positronic distillation of subatomic particles which as we all know can't be done so um yeah, so for supporting characters, obviously, I would I would say Azaria's up there, too. Um, and he definitely would have been probably one of the top for those recurring. What's hard is, like, the recurring ones are obviously more favorable than the one-offs. Because you have mm. ones like, you know, Janet, uh, Janice and Hank Azaria. And um, even, what are some, I'm trying to look at my list real quick. Still. Estelle's quite good. The well, Gunther technically would fit into that category, but I think yeah. you have to lift him up above that, don't you? Yeah, there's like I a know. couple that fit into like they have more reoccurring that obviously endears you to them anyways because they keep coming back. Um, I would say Hank Azaria is like one of my one of my top for sure when it comes to that category. Mm. I mean, they've yeah they've got lots of like recurring characters with smaller roles that are great, like Mister Trigger. Hmm. He's he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or like Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, yeah, and I, I mean, I think he he had quite a big role though. So, right, it gets very complicated when you're because I think there's a difference between a cameo and then a a like a, a I don't know a supporting cast, right? And then mm. you get somewhere in the middle between the top six and. And then yeah. there's some that have occurred so much, it's not really right to put them in that. So I think you'd have your, your top six, then you'd have your A-list, which is people like Gunther and Mike, who are too big a part, you couldn't take them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the ones who sort of come up for a couple of arcs and then leave again, like... Yeah. Um, like uh, I've forgotten the fellow's name, Chef, from Iron Man. Oh, yeah. Um Happy, but that's from Iron Man. Um, yeah, I forgot his name. Vince Vaughn's friend, anyway. Uh, it's right here. Pete. Just Pete. Let's just call him Pete. That's Pete, easier, isn't it? Sure. John Favreau. Yes. Yeah, I summoned it up. There it is. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I put... Um, well, David would be on sort of John Favreau's level, but then Mike is sort of one, up, one level up from that. Mm-hmm. But... Oh. Um, yeah, I don't. I think David was a better fit than Mike. I agree, wholeheartedly. Yeah, I think Mike Mike had to compromise too much because of his whole stance on marriage. Yeah, and uh, but uh, yeah, Which the next make one sense for Phoebe either. Like, I think Phoebe is mm. such a free spirit, and she's so like welcoming of a bunch of different types of people that it doesn't seem like Phoebe to allow him to do that. I don't know. Yeah, I think. Phoebe and David just had a really pure love, and uh, I love how yeah. awkward he was. And uh, yeah, I think that was good. Yeah, yeah agreed. So uh, the the next one I had for good was Bruce Willis, who, by all accounts in real life, is just an awful person. <laughs> but um, I think his character is the same kind of thing as Brad Pitt that he committed to it so well, <laughs> especially when uh, when 
sort of the, the end of his arc when he started crying. And uh, he said to Chandler, did your dad hug you? He went, no, did he hug you? <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I thought Paul was was really great, and the 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 bit where he's just a love machine is, I think, one of the funniest parts of Friends. I think it's like a person like I would never see on a sitcom. Bruce Willis is one that definitely like, yeah. comes to mind. So out of yes. very like it was a little surprising to see him. In- I think that was when friends were sort of at the height of their powers. They they could get anyone, couldn't they? Yeah. yeah. And that, and that's I, how they I would have that. agreed to go on it if they asked me. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who would you have played? Um. I what? Well, oh, this is a good question. That's a great so question. Bit part, like, because they, you know, I I wouldn't be top six, and I wouldn't be the A list. That's unrealistic, isn't it? Yeah. But but of the of the 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 characters that were cameos or smaller roles or you can make up who... your own character no and tell no, us. that's not my game it has to be um yeah. i think i think i would go for eddie the unstable roommate when joey moves out yeah i could see you doing that, that would be a really fun yeah. role to play wouldn't it adam goldberg yeah, is so. was a great cameo i think he went is all that in. the same Adam Goldberg that is Adam F. Goldberg from who wrote the Goldbergs? Or is it a different Adam Goldberg? So who are you know. asking? Not sure. <laughs> all of you. <laughs> Was, so uh, that actor is Adam Goldberg, but is that is that the same Adam Goldberg that that made the Goldbergs? Who goes by Adam F. Goldberg? I, I don't know what to tell you. Well, you could tell me yes or no. <laughs> okay, yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's nice. I'm yeah, looking at it. Good, I'm it? looking for it right now. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I mean, I, and I think... Oh, I no, they're probably now... people. Okay. Good, I'm, I'm pleased about that. So um, was, um, was Adam Goldberg, who played Eddie, was he like a famous actor who came into it? I didn't, I didn't recognise him, but was he like a... I knew him from a film I'd seen. Right. He's in a beautiful mind, saving Pri- private Ryan. Okay. Um, he was in like a coming of age film, uh, like the last day of school. I can't think what it was called. He's in Taken, which now that's a TV series. Um, I'm trying to think of what you're referring to. I don't know. Well, so yeah, that would be my one. Um, okay. That's that's who I take over. Immediately springs to mind. Um, uh, L- 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 Graham, what would you choose? Um, I think I'd choose Marcel. I think I could have done a <laughs> lot more with that. I think the actor who played Marcel didn't didn't commit to that one very well. I think. Uh... Would you do it like like full CGI, like the the little golem? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, they yeah. motion motion capture me like Andy Circus. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, and and what and how? What would you? What would you bring to the role that would would make it more special? I think I'd add some humanity to the character. <laughs> and uh, I mean, when you think about iconic monkeys, who do you think about? You think about um, King Kong. one King Kong. Yeah, it's a good one. You think about the um, Planet the, of the Apes. Uh, I I think they're more sort of by group, aren't they? They I can't name a specific hate from that it's true i think um, about the 
PG Tips monkeys. PG Tips monkeys. I think you're going to have to explain that to our American friends, and I don't think they'll believe you. But I'd like to <laughs> okay. hear you try. So, um, <laughs> there's a, a company that makes tea in the UK called PG Tips. Hmm. I don't know where the name comes from. Um, PG I guess the I, I guess the idea is that the tips of the tea leaf is the best. I'm no, not sure. I'll research this while you uh, while you speak. But they had a very long running um, advertisement campaign, which was um, monkeys uh, dressed up in human clothes and doing human things like. Um, <laughs> moving a big, moving a piano. Knew so they were removable. And that's like the bad example of a human thing. Because <laughs> I don't think most humans have done that. But they were trying to move well, a piano up the stairs, weren't they? Yeah, and and I think something went a bit wrong. So they went, oh, we'll have yeah. a cup of tea, and then it filmed the monkeys having a cup of tea. This wasn't animated. This was actual yeah. monkeys. But just to clarify, they... they weren't speaking. It was dubbed by voice actors. <laughs> and and what they used to do, apparently, is um, they used to put peanut butter on the roof of the monkeys' mouths, and then they had to, um, to try and lick it off. They would go... And that's the... Oh. That and, then put the... and I don't know if that's cruel... Well, I, I think it's cruel, but I don't know how cruel because well, I think the monkeys probably liked the peanut butter. Yeah, giving somebody peanut butter can't be cruel. But so. giving giving you peanut butter on toast is nice. Yeah. If I were to force your mouth open and yeah. cram peanut butter onto the roof of your mouth, and you're just cutting the middleman. That's more efficient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't think of what the other plots were. Um, they had a lot of them. Yeah. <coughs> And I think that explains a lot about the state of this country that we thought that was a good, a good way of having an advert. Also, then the monkeys said chimpanzees. They showed them into so, the nineties as well. Yeah, I think you, I think they did. Yeah, maybe that's due for a big comeback. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So what other what other monkeys? Um, Curious George, obviously, good one. Um, um, the monkeys. Well, they weren't actually the monkeys, so were they, Chris? We've been through this before. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to have to explain to Sorry, the monkey Rafiki in the Lion King. Rafiki, that's a great one, yeah. Because um, in Aladdin, I don't like him. I think okay. he, uh, yeah, I think they, I think he was, um, I don't know, he didn't give monkeys a good name. I don't think he was a good advocate for monkeys in that film. Um, the monkey, a, um, the monkeys in Gibraltar. Well, uh, yeah, but they're not. You you want monkeys in in, in TV popular and culture, film. yeah. Popular culture. What about the monkey who can drive a car for Clint Eastwood and punches the man? Oh yes, good, good um, monkey. Uh, any which way but lose. Yeah, correct. What about? Uh, I can't think of the name of the monkey Jack in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a good monkey. I think underused. Very much so. I would agree. Yeah. Um, starting to run out monkeys, but that seems unlikely. Was there a point to this? I thought when you started asking us, I <laughs> yeah. thought that you knew, you had in mind a particular monkey that you wanted us to immediately identify as yeah. being like the archetypal monkey, and you were going to say, "I'm going to do something like that." Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> I think, think I knew where it was going. To, um, to list I, monkeys, I don't remember how I got myself onto this. Um, 
But it's telling, isn't it, that we've ended the, up down two rabbit holes about the monkey, monkeys. The monkey in Community. I that haven't is... watched Community. And I won't. Um, okay. Clyde. I be... Clyde was the donkey, or the uh, monkey's name. I don't want to be a donkey. Which... No, monkey. <laughs> in every okay. which way but lose. Yes, Clyde, that's right. Right turn, Clyde. That's how you need to hit the man on the right. I don't think you could do that with a monkey. I don't think you could train them that well. Um, okay, I would be the monkey that drives a little motorbike up and steals children. <laughs> that's, that's the monkey I would want to channel. Right. Now, I don't so remember how we got onto this. You'd bring that remember. energy to the character of Marcel. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I would like to suggest a slightly different version of this, hmm. whereas we don't use CGI. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think in those days CGI was advanced enough. I think I would have to be in a monkey suit and people would just have to <laughs> suspend their disbelief. Or what was, what, was that, um, what was that TV show where, was it like Alfred or something, where the dog, it was with Elijah Wood, and the guy wears a dog suit because he sees him as a person, but to everyone else it's a, it's a dog. You could just I know it because yeah, because there was spell, but really just embody. Yes, because there was, it was the, the original. The original show was Australian. Okay, mm-hmm. I want to say it was called something like like Doug. It, yeah, it was I'm like a sure. one name. Yeah, yeah. So, so like in the in the American version, Elijah Wood is the neighbor, and what he sees rather than a dog is this man in a dog suit. Right. Right, and then he he yeah. So that's I don't know what, what you're you talking about, him. but this sounds amazing, <laughs> it's, and it's I don't know good. how this has passed me by. So I yeah, so th- this th- this is our idea for Marcel. Mm, yeah, I, like I would it. be willing. I'd be willing to use some kind of c- basic camera trickery so that you would be further away, but the angle made it look like you were sat on Ross's head. So we're we saying that. Um, Ross would be the only one who would see me as a man in a monkey costume, and the others would see me as <laughs> as a monkey, as, like, as a as a monkey, yeah. Yeah, and, and, I would, and it would. The, the and I would talk would be... to Ross, and I would give him advice on his love life and stuff. Right. Say no, just ask Rachel out. She she likes you. She'll say yes. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, it could be more sinister. I could tell him to kill people and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It could be like a hard hitting. Um, like about uh, you know one of these things about psychos and stuff. They're all the rage, aren't they? Like real, not real crime. Obviously, there's a monkey telling you what to do, but uh, like a you know, like a psychological thriller. Yeah, it could be yeah. a psychological. So, so Leanne and Llewellyn, what what character would you play as a cameo? It's a great question. And within within this, the thing I've noticed is that it seems to me there's more cameos from men than there are from women it's the patriarchy isn't it i think it could be Mm. you're right yeah um but i think you know i think i think we we would have the ability to cast outside of gender so if you (laughs) if you wanted to play um if you wanted to play a man then we we can do that we're very progressive like that we can put graham in a monkey suit yeah. Um, we can, we can, do we can get makeup to, to glue on a, a fake moustache. <laughs> Wait, are you preempting that they're going to want to be Richard? 
no, no, I would, I would, <laughs> I, in my very rudimentary makeup skills. Um, That's how you can tell if, if someone's any... a man or a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody going to makeup, oh, you're playing a man today, I'll get the moustache glue out. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, probably for me, the most realistic would probably just be like one of Rachel's sisters. Okay. Because she has, you know, Reese Witherspoon and then Christina Applegate. And Christina Applegate's one of my least favorite cameos. So maybe I should just Mm -hmm. swap swap her out. (laughs) I think you could do a better job. Yeah. Because she, well, actually, both of Rachel's sisters are on my worst list. So maybe you could, maybe you could play both of them, but one maybe with a moustache and one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could. I think. But for, yeah, maybe, maybe um... you could do more with the characters because uh, you could have said, "No, I'm not going to read this script because it's it's rubbish, and I'm going to make these more three dimensional." Right. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think for humor purposes, if I could just in my own my own personal feelings towards Rachel and Ross, I think being Hugh Laurie um, on the plane, getting on Rachel mm. for the whole back, you know, on and off again, and, like, you're such an idiot, like, you were on a break, I, that would be perfect for me, just yeah. on a personal level. I could have totally played that role, and it would have been um, very authentic. <laughs> just don't hold back. Ah, All in. you would have had to have done a British accent for that. I oh, would yeah, have, true, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I have not done any practicing since our last. So we're gonna have to push oh. that off for uh, our next, our next uh, <laughs> reconnect for sure. So, so what about you, Llewellyn? Have you got a, a cameo you would take on? Wait, uh, can I say something real quick before you do, oh, yeah. Llewellyn? Um, yeah. With Hugh Laurie, I did not know that he was not American until seeing him on Friends after watching him in house. Yeah. I hadn't seen him in any interviews, any TV besides house. And then all of a sudden I was watching friends and saw him. and I was like, wait, wait a minute. (laughs) Is is he British? Have you heard of the show Blackadder? No. Right. That's a good one to look up because he was in series three and four, wasn't he? If you look up Blackadder, it's really funny program. It's really good. It's got Mr. Bean in it. And Hugh Laurie plays a character in there. And if you know him from House, you you just won't believe it's the same person. But that's that's the Hugh Laurie that we know before he went into yeah. House. And then okay. we got confused because he was like doing proper acting and being American. And I was, so we came from really the opposite direction. Okay, I was thinking about, about suggesting um, seeing him as Bertie Wooster, but actually seeing him in Blackadder the Third as yeah, yeah. Um, Prince, Prince George. Regan, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bigger jump. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Llewellyn, I interrupted you. Go for it. Oh, I hadn't even started. Um, I don't know. I think we already talked about this episode a couple weeks ago, but um, Brooke Shields, when she played the crazy stalker with uh, Joey, um, I personally couldn't oh, stand her. Is- so I think that would just be – I think it would be an interesting – like scene to play in you know just the complete like oversight and everything um i don't know she was hilarious but like over the top and 
nobody like that scene the fact that she won a award for that scene or that like episode was beyond us because i don't remember this at all you're gonna have to uh fill in some blanks for me so yeah it was when they shields yeah so she was the crazy stalker when joey first started on days of our lives she thought he was actually drake ramore okay yeah 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 i know yeah so she I couldn't separate fun... the actor from the character. Yeah. 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 I think that's quite a fun role to play. Um, <laughs> yeah. Be- because because it's a troubled character. Mm-hmm. Would you play it? Would you play it for laughs, or would you go kind of kind of darker? <laughs> Probably for laughs, for sure. Yeah. So you're not going to join me in like with my descent into Ross's psychosis <laughs> that he thinks I'm talking to him? Yeah. No. Probably not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like when she sends him a letter, and like it's, it's got like you know three of my eyelashes or something in it. Wouldn't be written um, in blood or yeah, like written that. in blood and have, have a finger in it. <laughs> uh, no. Okay, so that's our that was our best. Um, oh, sorry, I just missed my best, which is a proper cameo, and that's John Lovitz, who um, went on the bad date with Rachel and has such fat hands because. That is really great. And I can't see him in anything now without saying to my wife, he has such fat hands, which she thinks is always funny. <laughs> but uh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. We've jumped around a bit. I don't know if Llewellyn, if you um, have got good good, car- good cameos that you like. I can't speak today. <laughs> no, um, most of the ones you guys kind of already mentioned, but one that um, I really liked was George Clooney and Noah Wiley in the first season. Um, again, the people I don't really see on sitcoms, granted, I guess they had their own daytime or not nighttime drama um, at the same time. But um, it was just funny that, especially back then, I feel like friends really pulled from other shows as well. And so they were playing doctors at the same time as playing doctors on ER, which was, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I really, George Clooney doesn't strike me as, again, as a sitcom person. So to see him on like a show like this, granted that was more back in his start anyway, but they were probably one of my favorites. I mean, I think he's done some some comic film roles, but I don't know about sitcoms. The fact that they're doctors, it raises the, the question is, is that part of a continuity universe? And that they're the same doctors as they play in ER, but for reasons unexplained, they were in a different city working on that shift. Right. Yeah. With different yeah. names. With different names. They've gone in undercover. They're in witness protection. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, they, they they, they're going to give evidence against a mobster from Chicago. So they're in witness protection working in New York. <laughs> And it's surprising that you you can get all of that, but despite it being a very brief brief yeah. um, cameo, it was yeah. Well, that's the quality <laughs> of George Clooney's acting that yeah conveys all tell. of that. Yeah, just the little look in the corner of his eye. I think you're in witness protection, mate. I picked yeah. up on that. <laughs> I always um, get them confused with the firemen who uh, chat up Rachel and Monica when they're having the um, the bonfire of boyfriend stuff. Yeah, yeah. they, they occupy the same same space in my mind for some reason yeah yeah 
Is that you've just filed them under emergency services? That's right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also Gary fits into that, yeah. And uh, then Phoebe went out with the fireman as well, didn't she? He goes in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She has to choose, right? She's like dating two different guys yeah. at once. Yeah, that's and a teacher like and the... Yeah. The artistic one versus the the hot, you know, fireman, and and she likes both of them, and yeah. It's, and then that's it later out on. The teacher sure. is really ripped as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't know what to do. And the fireman like the, the, is sensitive too. Yeah, but you can't believe he'd go out with anyone who would have an open flame in a wooded area. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. 